delve into the visceral world of hip-hop with the Gangsta Chronicles, hosted by MC8 and Big Steel. It's every Thursday, a podcast that aims to unravel the intricate tapestry of one of music's most influential and misunderstood subgenres, Gangsta Rap. Let's go. Gangsta Chronicles unpacks the evolution of this uniquely American art form, offering listeners a comprehensive understanding of the significance this genre holds. Listen to the Gangsta Chronicles on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards, like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Stephanie J. Block and I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks and we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net. Every family has an origin story, one passed down through the generations. Mine happens to be a mystery involving my great-great-grandmother left behind in Sicily. I'm Joe Piazza, and my new podcast will transport you to the gorgeous island of Sicily as I trace my roots back through a whodunit for the ages. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. feeling yes yo my acid reflux i bet that's very sexy especially to hear on a microphone you're welcome you know what's so sad is that i can never do the cute like i'm here in a high pony because my forehead's so dang big <laughs> it's just never gonna work for me i think your high pony right now looks great and i think that you're judging yourself it's like i was scared they'd be like children would go screaming what's wrong with her <laughs> it's not true my it's really big if you guys didn't know but like in a cute way is that a candle or a cream cream okay i love candles oh, yeah it's now. the cream that i gave you right yeah like when i okay this is so bad and probably just probably shouldn't say this but um i love candles right now like the smell is so calming to me and there are very few things in this world right now that can calm me down because i'm just so stressed and burnt out so i like it sucks because i want to go to sleep with my candle burning because like it helps me fall asleep and feel relaxed but then i can't because it's gonna burn my apartment down yeah I, I totally feel that like something that like 
Here's my conflict with sleeping because I have a lot of sleep anxiety. I have major, major sleep anxiety and I don't like talking about it because it makes me feel like I'm five years old. And also, my I know, I don't like it. And my parents, um, when I was younger, like not that it's their fault or anything, but since I was so young, they've always been like, oh, but you know, you have to be a big girl and like you can't be scared of this stuff. Like don't worry, like when you grow up, you won't be scared of these things that you're scared of right now. And... I never kind of grew out of that kind of, uh, oh, you look very so frightening. Wait, put it down up to your chin and give me an evil laugh. I'm in a candle. But yes. <laughs> Perfect. But so my, when I was younger, my parents always told me that I grow out of being afraid of the dark, whatever. Wait, so is it is it a fear of the dark that you have? No, it's it's fear of everything. I hate having the lights off. I need to check my closets. Like, girl, that means the dark. No, no, I need I need to check. No, I meant uh, other than that, I need to check my closets. Um, I feel anxious that something supernatural is out to get me. Not even that, but just. It's like the fear of monsters, the fear of murderers, the fear, fear of okay. like everything all just piles down to, on me and becomes times 50 when I'm vulnerable and I'm about to go to sleep. I got a, I got a, I got a thing for you. What? If you're scared of being murdered in monsters, maybe you should not watch The Walking Dead unless you're not favorite murder before you go to bed. Girl. That's the easy remedy right there. But that's the thing. It's like I want to be able to do that and then go to bed peacefully. Like I feel so young and stupid that I, I can't watch what I want to watch before I go to bed. Because I love Walking Dead and I think it's a great show. But I can only watch it from the hours of 7 a.m. Because that's when I wake up to like before it gets dark. I can't watch it in the dark. Even if you leave to go to your boyfriend's, I can't sit on the couch and watch it when you're not here. Really? Yeah, but even then, maybe I can. But when I go to sleep... It's all crazy. I become very, very anxiety-ridden for no reason. Um, and my point of seeing that was, oh, because you were saying about the candle thing. So, you know, my sleep anxiety to me is the candle to you. See, the only, like, movie that's, like, kept me up at night in the last, like, 15 years. Because, like, I get kind of scared to sleep at my dad's house because I'm the only bedroom on my floor. And, like, there's, you've seen there's, like, really big windows in my room that kind of freak me out. But, um, uh, what's that? Midsummer? Midsummer? Scared me so much. I couldn't get through it. I was, like, like, I was with my boyfriend. And I had to, like, make myself fall asleep during the middle of it. And I woke up, and there was just, like, so much happening that made me so uncomfortable that I was, like, yeah, nar. Okay, because why is it so graphic? It's so, I'm, like, who thought of this? It's just really graphic. You know that scene where the guy jumps off the cliff and his head is hit against a rock and his head's disfigured, but he's not quite dead yet. So the guy comes over and smashes it with a hammer. Like, I was thinking times. of like when they like had the guy's lungs outside of his back, like hanging. Yeah. Or, like when they had the guy inside like the bear suit, like oh, skin skin to life. My thing is just like, why aren't they in jail? The sex scene was weird too, where everyone was kind of moaning with the girl yeah. as she was having the sex. Ritual. Like, whoa, whoa. And it would have been really funny if it wasn't so traumatizing. Have you seen Hereditary? Um, nar. It's really scary too. Her head like just comes off and it's there and you can see everything. Okay, I'm like, if you're like the director of that film and you have to like watch it like a million times, like owner of it. Okay, one big thing okay. is that like kids that are in horror movies, like um, what's that one with the kid, the doll? Annie, oh, Chucky. Not Annie. Annabelle. Oh, Annabelle. Yeah, like 
that stuff and like sinister and like all those movies that have like kids in horror movies oh, sinister Ugh, i, I wonder if like that literally like psychologically like messes up the child yeah you know I, there was an article written about that that i read and they interviewed i think they interviewed the cast actually from sinister and the director or the producer someone of some authority in that movie was saying how he would specifically after a scary scene he would try to make it as like not scary as he possibly could during the actual filming and then immediately after filming he would get them ice cream or do something like really fun to get their minds off of it um, you know it would be idea for like a really good movie hmm. is like a kid that used to be like on a horror show or something and then they become like a killer if any of you guys use that tish kids copyrighted and don't run me my check we're gonna have a problem cash at me right now cash at me right this second so uh, this is a part two to our last mini that you probably just listened to because we're releasing them yeah, both at the, the same, same time. time. Um, and this one is about family. No, th- th- our last one was about family. And this one is about friends and relationships, conflict resolution. She keeps saying conflict resolution and it's, make, it's giving HR. Yeah. It's giving we're in trouble at school <laughs> and we're having a, a, what's that thing called? An, an assembly. An assembly. I was like, advisory meeting? No. It's been so long since I've been in school. It feels like a old meeting class today. But not even conflict resolution, but when is the right time to resolve, when isn't, what not to do. The when to even, like, I think also, like, the biggest point to start off of is, like, when, not when to cause conflict, like, when to make it a thing. Because, yes! like. Yes! Great one. For me, there's, like, so many little things that happen in my relationships that are like a problem for me or like upset me that like I feel like I have to ignore or like subside for the sake of our relationship and for so long like I would keep them bottled up and like not bring them up because I felt like if I bring something up every single time there's an issue we're never going to be happy you know because something you just have to learn to get over but um I just like prioritize things in my mind it's like what is something that I have control over like if something that I can do to change like not change myself but like Let's say I don't like that we eat so late. Like, that's a conflict for us. I don't know why that would be. I made that up. <laughs> but, like, why not offer to cook dinner earlier or, like, make a reservation for earlier or like, something like that? But if it's something that, like, I need that other person to change or else I wouldn't be able to move past it, I feel like then. If it's something that, like, if I – it's something that my partner does or it's, like, a problem between us that if I do not address it, I won't be able to move forward in the relationship, then that's what needs to become a thing. But I feel like people conflate the words – conflict and argument and they don't need to be conflated like you can um, respectfully disagree or respectfully have an issue and come to the table with um the intention of coming to like a resolution for both of us or like a resolution to like move forward in like a positive way and address the issue without making get into a fight it's when you come thinking it's my way or the highway and I'm right and you're wrong and I'm not going to respect you, that it becomes a fight. And when you're constantly fighting, that's the issue. And I think there are three ways to kind of get to the point of conflict resolution. One is when one You person, love that word. It kills me. I love that word. I'm going to say it 90 more times in this episode. Sorry. Um, the one is the more obvious one. I think it's the one that we all kind of want, but it's, it's, it's very rare, but it does happen. And when it happens, it's very gratifying, at least for one party. And that is when one person literally just realizes they were wrong or overreacting or just wrong in something they said. And so they apologize and then you get over it. And then the second thing is compromise. So you both kind of realize that you're both kind of wrong, kind of right, 
whatever and then just move on from there and just make up move on and then i think the third one is just extinguishing like agreeing to disagree like we're never going to agree on this and let's move forward either in a way where we're going to continue and we have to get over it like you were saying or we have to like reevaluate uh the relationship in some capacity yeah because i feel like great i'm literally buddha sorry i'm so dead (sighs) you said i do that too sometimes who started that probably you because you start everything I oh just have allergies, so I'm Thank like... Thank you for running me my check. You're welcome. Um, yeah, I'm a trendsetter, whatever. Um, <laughs> Guys, my boss loves Sydney so much, speaking of running her a check, that <laughs> to make a TikTok for our company, he's literally paying her, obviously, monetary value, but also, like, additionally with Chick-fil-A. Isn't that it's so funny because, like, ever? when influencers get deals, they're like, oh, my rate for a video is, like, $500. I literally ask people to pay me in Chick-fil-A. It's also just, like, he would obviously, like, he... Like, what, did, what did he say to that? It was like, okay, <laughs> he was so into it because along with like financial compensation, because he got to run you a check, uh, when you were saying Chick-fil-A, like obviously it was a joke, but I said it to Max being serious and he was like, yeah, like I'll just get it for her at the next event she's at. And I was That's like, literally so kind. I need to make the video. I'm making a video tonight, do the voiceover in the morning post and then edit the video. Yeah. I'm so. having my boss on the podcast, guys. He's great. He's excited to meet all of you. Yay. Um, what were you talking saying? about? Yeah. Um, oh, I was saying three types of conflict resolution. Oh, yeah. So, I think something that, um, that's not really, like, okay, we're never really taught how to argue. Yeah. Like, I feel like it's a def- much, definitely, like, a personality thing, and it's, like, as you grow, as you learn, as you, like, have relationships or friendships, and you understand how people, like, interact and communicate, that's how you figure out, like, how to argue, how to fight, how to whatever. But I think that one thing that's so important in terms of like romantic relationships is that you need to have a common understanding of where you intend to end the argument. So like, let's say you and your partner are arguing about um, like not going out enough with each other or something like that. Your final, like your goal, that's what I should say, your intentions, your goals should be that you come to a common understanding for the betterment of your relationship. So if you both have the understanding that you're going to stay together, that's what you want to happen, and you guys make that very clear at the beginning of the conversation, it's much more likely to go in a positive direction. But if you're coming to the table saying, this is what's wrong, I do not like it, and this is my resolution, and it's my way or the highway, then it's going to turn into a fight because you both are having a prideful moment in the argument where you want your resolution to be the only resolution. But if you make it clear that your end result is X, your end result is Y, it's to stay together, it's to go on a break, it's to do whatever, you're much more likely to like compromise and find a way that works for you both and just come with your own agendas, et cetera, and like have your pride be the guiding factor in your conversation. So now I have a really great question for you not me yeah we're and so freaking annoying and it kills me <laughs> we're literally okay we're like whenever sarah and i go out because sarah and i are really weird like i can't explain to you how weird we are i think it's just like our conversations we literally communicate like <laughs> and like howling and snorting and um we walk down the street and i'm like i swear if i wasn't us i would hate us yeah like if i was walking down soho and saw us communicating i'd be like what is wrong with those two girls <laughs> But we're cute, so it's okay. Like, in a, they're annoying kind of way, but not even in a, oh, they're annoying. Like, no, they're, like genuinely they're, they're genuinely annoying. Weird. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, like, yeah. you're weird. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we hope you guys don't think that about Yeah. Sorry. We're, we're trying to get better. Yes. So here's my... Delve into the visceral world of hip-hop with the Gangster Chronicles. 
podcast that aims to unravel the intricate tapestry of one of music's most influential and misunderstood subgenres, gangster rap. Hosted by MC8 and Big Steels every Thursday, each episode provides an in-depth exploration into the formative artists, monumental albums, and socio-political factors that have shaped gangster rap from its emergence in the 80s to its enduring impact today. Gangster Chronicles unpacks the evolution of this uniquely American art form. We dive into the socio-cultural aspects that gangster rap boldly addressed, from police brutality to systemic racism, offering listeners a comprehensive understanding of the profound cultural significance this genre holds. Listen to the Gangster Chronicles on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's go. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature. And of course, we'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, then look no further than the Marketing School podcast hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast in the United States and number 15 on business in the United States. And it has amazing guests such as Alex Hormozzi, Layla Hormozzi, Cody Sanchez. We pull in these amazing interviews with other people that are not only great marketers, but actual operators. And the icing on the cake is Neil and myself were also operators as well. So we share learnings from the trenches. We share secrets that we otherwise wouldn't be sharing with other people. And we also share other advantages that will help you get ahead of your competition. So all you have to do is listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
question, and it can be applicable to both friends and applicable, applicable to both. <laughs> goodbye <laughs> to both um to both friends and relationships. And the question is, I know specifics. It's different for every person. Obviously, someone has their breaking point, and you can't sit here and tell me what everybody's breaking point is. But what you can sit here and tell me is that, um, what do you think in terms of self centeredness? Like in terms of, like it could be whether or not you're disrupting my peace, what that entails for you, what you think that should entail for other people. When do you think is the breaking point to steer conflict resolution in a direction of I want to stay together, whether as friends or as romantic partners? in the long run so let's work this out in this way or like you did this one thing I think it's best if we do, if we're not friends anymore or if we break up you know what I mean like what's the line yeah not specific like situation wise but like do you know what I mean like internally like what's the line yeah like okay so I would say like in my outward personality personality in my outward <laughs> personality I'm very much type A like I like to have a hand on things I like to like have things go a certain way like I'm very much like anxiety ridden about that but like I'm very much a leader I would say but when it comes to True. relationships I'm very much doormatty not necessarily in even a bad way but it's like for example my current partner like we've been through a lot together for like years so I have come to an understanding where like there are some things that like I might be upset about or have a problem with or like like annoy me that obviously are mean something to me and like I would bring up but it's like there are some times where I want me to be selfless or want to be selfless where it's like I will take this like a hard pill to swallow or whatever like I'll take my I'll I'll take my pride aside and work out work this out for the betterment of our relationship that means I don't actually have to get my way I don't have to have the last word I don't have to be the bigger voice like I will come to the table like I said with the intention of us staying together and do what I can to come to an understanding that like benefits us both. It doesn't mean it has to be my way. But there are also times where it's like, and and I have talked about this, like our husband list or whatever. Like husband list. My list of non-negotiables, like cheating or lying or insulting or like family problems, things like that, where like or respect or whatever, like whatever it is. Um, where like if those central things are broken, I deserve to be selfish. Because I think that those are things that, like, those are the bare minimum. Like, if those things aren't met, there's no relationship to be fighting for, you know? So I feel like when it comes to, like, my list of things, I deserve to be selfish. And I will bring it up and say, this is the line. Um, you've crossed it. And if you want to stay together, this needs to be addressed in this way right now. Like, it's not a debate. It's not a question. This is what I need, bare minimum, to make this relationship work, you know? No, so, I'm congested, damn it. I know, why? Are we okay? Ooh. 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 <laughs> it hurts. I have such a bad headache now. Like, everything's just falling apart. That got really deep. Yeah. So what about you? Like, what's your breaking point? Um, I think, because I've gotten in fights with friends before, and we've, you know, just stayed being friends. Oh, wait. Do relationships, then we'll trans- transition to friends. After. Oh, I thought we were talking about both this whole time. Okay, uh, okay, okay. No, I got you. That's better. That's better. Um, I've obviously gotten in fights with my significant other and we're still together. I mean, Eric and I get in squabbles and we get in like screaming matches and that's obviously a thing that happens with all couples. I think that obviously nothing got physical or anything like that. Like when I say screaming matches, it's not like verbal abuse. It's mostly like me screaming and him like just like 
saying he's sorry. <laughs> like, that sounds awful. Take that out, please. Um, but I think the breaking point for me would be genuine, like, a, I, and this might sound a little egotistical, but it's true, is a serious, either either sending me down a spiral, like a substance spiral, I think, because I know in my last relationship, my last serious relationship, a lot of that, I don't want to say it like directly caused it, but it was a very large factor in my, <laughs> you look like great. A wild animal. <laughs> it was a very large factor in a lot of bad substance decisions that I made freshman and sophomore year of like college. So I think that I think seeing a lot of those red flags because that was obviously a very toxic relationship. So I think seeing a lot of the red flags in my last relationship is it would be like a breaking point for me relationship wise because I already went through what I think is the worst relationship experience ever. So if it ever comes anything close to that, that's when I know that I have to do some reevaluating. Number one, but that's a specific situation. I think internally, metaphorically, metasophically, in my brain, metasophically. Sarah's invented a new branch of science called metasophics. <laughs> What, what, what does metasophics <laughs> mean? What, what is it the study of? Metaphors. I'm so dead. Um, I think on a deeper level, what would encourage me to break something off with my romantic partner would be a very large hit to my um, self-worth, you know? So if when I start thinking those really dark thoughts, like not anything too alarming, but more like, when I start not liking myself or when I start looking in the mirror and not liking what I see, when I start thinking I'm genuinely stupid, when I, you know what I mean? Just things that I know that I'm not. And the first few times you start having those really negative thoughts, it's easy to overlook them. But once you start having them all the time, I think um, it, it becomes an issue. And I think that goes with both romantic relationships and friendships is if someone is making you feel like you have zero self-worth, whether it's never inviting you out somewhere or screaming at you all the time or literally like making you feel like the dumbest person alive or the worst person alive or the meanest person alive. Or fat. Yes. And, you know, just... I'll take that out. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> um, I think that's when you have to start reconsidering because it might not even be like... And I love this. TV shows always make it seem like bullying or toxic relationships like Nate and the other girl in Euphoria. Mm -hmm. They always make it seem like it's so obvious that she needs to break up with him, you know? But in most toxic relationships, romantic or otherwise, it's not like that. It's more with backhanded comments and sarcasm and passive aggressiveness that just builds up and builds up until you literally can't take it anymore. And also, like, when you're in it, it's so much harder yeah. to see, you know? Yeah, for sure. So I think just... So that's what... Exactly, Sydney. Exactly. Yeah. You're on the money. And that's I'm why I said... Money. Because don't be too hard on yourself for not breaking something off sooner. Because when you first start having those really negative thoughts, it's really hard to identify something as toxic, friendship or otherwise. So I think that... Um, I think a big warning sign is just those constant thoughts of I'm not likable, I'm not lovable. And I think yeah. that's when you have to start reevaluating your friendships. When your sense of when your sense of self and your sense of self-worth feel like they're like in jeopardy. Depleting. Good morning, vocabulary. What you can say with your Sarah just did. Um when you like those are in jeopardy, then that's when you need to like reevaluate where you are in the situation. But now let's talk about friends real quick. Little bit. Um, as you guys know, we've gone through our fair share of friendship, but, um, friendship shit, friendship. but, um, 
my outlook on that's changed so much it's like tell me everything right now if i feel like i would have more peace without that presence being in my life then what am i why, why am i even fighting it's gotten to the point where like i'm an adult now like i have sh- i have things to do i have work to do i rather have a quality of friends over quantity of friends so if my peace is at stake or i feel like this person has become a negative presence in my life and i feel like i just outgrown them because you do outgrow people like as you grow up as you mature your perspective changes your values change your beliefs change what you need in a friend changes and oftentimes it's nothing personal it just means that you're growing just outgrown someone and so i feel like i'm not going to risk my peace to say something that doesn't need to be saved you know it's not even going to be a fight it's not even going to be a conflict it's going to be a mature conversation where i move on absolutely and i also think that a big warning sign just as i was talking about like metaphorically internally we're almost done like we can be done in like two minutes um long are fucking fool i know I think that, you know, a really big warning sign is not only those feelings of, or the, or the, not only that loss of self-worth, but also the feeling of not caring. This is especially for me true in friendships because relationships can be toxic and they can end in fiery flames. And I so obviously so can friendships, but I think a quality that adds on to friendship breakups that is very common in that scenario is that scenario, scenario is um just like that level of I actually have just stopped caring about you because when you are mad at somebody and like really really mad at somebody it it usually means that you still semi care about that person but when you throw your hands up and you know that person's making an effort or that person is like throwing insults at you even so it can go on either sides of the spectrum so like they're inviting you places making an effort or if they're throwing insults at you and being a bitch I think that like when you reach a point, no matter what they're doing, that you just stop caring, that's a huge, huge sign that the friend that either you've outgrown the friendship or the friendship doesn't have any value anymore. Yeah, I agree completely. And I think in terms of conflict resolution, like how to um, like make up with the friend that you're fighting that you want to like be together with or like be in their lives long term with, I think that a really big tip is recognize that not everything's one sided. And I guess this applies to relationships too. But no situation is black and white. So even if you can't physically or mentally understand where the other person's coming from when you're in a really serious fight, they obviously have some validity. They have their own personal experiences. They might have their own shit that they're going through that they haven't even told you about. And I think that that's really important to understand that it's not all about you. You need to pop your bubble for one second and recognize that there's a whole other human in your life, you know, that you need to be considerate of in conflict and if you want to keep them in your life you have to be way more understanding and open-minded about what they're going through as well and their feelings you have to have empathy it is so important in any relationship and it's all about perspective like if you can't compromise in a relationship and compromise doesn't mean giving up like everything you want from a situation it's finding a way to make it work for both of you yeah and it's so important because if you expect to win every single argument then you should you should just date yourself honestly honestly don't fight to be right. Yeah. Fight to make things right. Oh, ooh, I like that. I like it. It's all about perspective. What I'm about literally, perspective? I'm everything. Thank you guys so <laughs> much for listening. Oh, Lord. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed our little um, soulful chat, little therapy sesh. Uh, we are not licensed. We are at not all. We're not licensed in anything. Actually, don't listen to us at Besides all. Besides talking too much. Yep. <laughs>
and thinking that we're right about everything. Um, you can find us on iHeart, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts, and on social media at TikTok, um, on TikTok, Instagram, and at YouTube TikTok. at Crying in Public Podcast. Sorry, we both sound like congested frogs right now because mm-hmm. it's, it's because we are. Uh, it's allergy season. The weather's changing. It's daylight savings cold. time has happened. It's freezing, and we're both exhausted. So. Uh, but of course we love sitting here and talking to you guys like no matter how much we complain that we're exhausted or tired or everything's so hectic this is what we look forward to most in the day is just sitting down and talking our little booties off so we love you bye bye it's the kia summer sticker sales event so give your friends something to look at like a b&b with an ocean view an endless field of wildflowers or a sunset that needs no filter Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. Delve into the visceral world of hip-hop with the Gangster Chronicles. Hosted by MC8 and Big Steel, is every Thursday a podcast that aims to unravel the intricate tapestry of one of music's most influential and misunderstood subgenres, gangster rap. Let's go. Gangster Chronicles unpacks the evolution of this uniquely American art form, offering listeners a comprehensive understanding of the significance this genre holds. Listen to the Gangster Chronicles on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards, like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net.